Welcome to I Can't Believe That Happened. I know it's been a while. I'm so sorry. Um, thank you for keeping up. I am really excited about this episode. I know I keep saying that, but this has been a really exciting um, subject. I, history of robots. Um, this episode is actually where I thought before I did my research we were going to start. And this starts in the 1700s. And this is kind of the golden age of automatons um, as far as like what we think of when we think of automatons in the 1700s, like this was when they were really about like the royal pat patronage. So you have kings and queens who would give money and often a place to live and food and status to an inventor or an artist. And without the constraints of worrying about where you're going to eat, how you're going to eat, people created really amazing things. And the silver swan is what really captured my imagination. This is where, um, art and science just kind of came together to create something that was just beautiful. This isn't useful the way that we've talked about other things that were useful. This is just purely imagination and beauty. And it's really fun. And it exists today. Um, we're gonna talk a little bit more because within the last week, things have changed. But up until the last like two months or so, um, this was still working. So the silver swan is a life size swan. If you've never seen a swan before, they are not small creatures. This is a very large creature. And we're also going to talk about roller skates, weirdly enough. So I'm going to start with the inventors. There was two of them. One's name was John Joseph Merlin. Great last name. And he was born in 1735. Uh, he died in 1830. And he was the apprentice to James Cox, who also created the Peacock Clock. Both of these, you can absolutely go onto YouTube and you can see them work. Um, they're truly masterful and amazing. I highly recommend going over there or go over to our uh, webpage and take a look. I will have the YouTube videos linked up in our show notes. Um, okay, so he was actually the apprentice to James Cox, but he was a very interesting man. He um, he actually invented roller skates, uh, or actually more like inline skates, and he would create different musical instruments. My favorite story about him, though, was when he created the inline skates, he went to a very fancy party and he entered using his inline skates while playing the violin, forgetting that he had not invented brakes for these inline skates. And he kind of became uh, very closely acquainted to a um, very, very expensive mirror, like a 500 pound mirror in the 1800s gonna think that works out to about $100,000 these days, but I, my math is probably gonna be wrong in that. Let's just say very expensive mirror he crashed into. All right, so he was an apprentice to, um, he calls himself a goldsmith. He didn't actually seem to work with gold. He seemed to hire out for that, but he called himself a goldsmith. He's very interesting. James Cox was born in 1723, died in 1800. Um, he reminds me a lot of P.T. Barnum. He created a lot of the advertising uh, methods that we even use today. He also created a museum which had the most expensive ticket to get in. And the reason that he did this was he said it was for security reasons. He had very expensive things in this museum. What he was really trying to do was to attract royalty. He wanted that royal patronage so that he could invent and create. Um, he's a person who had a lot of fortune and misfortune in his life. We have a lot to cover. So I highly recommend looking up both um, John Merlin and James Cox. They are fascinating people who invented some very interesting things and um, they, they definitely kept themselves very entertained and others. Now, when they came together, they created the swan, um, the silver swan. And 
It's truly a marvel because each feather is is carved and crafted. Each scale on fish is carved and crafted. Uh, this was created in 1773. And in an act of parliament, uh, the swan was described in 1773 as being three feet in diameter and 18 feet high. Um, that's kind of amazing. The swan is not this tall anymore. So the swan had a very interesting existence. It changed hands quite a bit. Um, it leads people to believe that there's actually a second swan, which might have gotten lost or stolen. Um, this is an incredibly valuable, valuable automaton. Um, and it was also said to have a waterfall behind it. Um, and that was stolen while the swan was on tour. Uh, the Swan Automata actually ended up getting exhibited in the World's uh, Fair in Paris in 1867. Someday I'm going to do an entire season on World's Fairs. I, I don't think we can quite grasp in our heads in this day of internet and YouTube how important World's Fairs were for moving our technology forward and um, introducing inventors and scientists and um, artists and creators to new ideas that they built upon like our movies actually came from world's fairs that's a fascinating thing someday we'll talk about it right now it's enough to just say it was there at the paris world's fair and that was quite an event um the swan was also admired by mark twain you might have heard of him he um actually, seriously if you go and look at how this swan moves it's it's very lifelike and he said, I watched the silver swan, which had a living grace about his movements and living intelligence in his eyes, watched him swimming about as comfortably and unconcernedly as he had been born in a morass instead of a jeweler's shop. I'm probably mispronouncing. I'm so sorry. Um, I watched him seize a silver fish from under the water and hold up his head and go through the customary and elaborate motions of swallowing it. So I'm going to try to describe this for you. Um, it's really amazing. So you're having like a life-size silver swan. Each feather is handcrafted. The swan has this incredibly long and beautiful neck. And what it does is it when you turn the crank, the swan, it will look around itself and then it preens its feathers with its silver mouth. And it will just sort of like nibble at its feathers a little bit. And then it swings its head around and starts looking. Now, the water that the swan is on is actually twisted glass. And the twisted glass turns and it gives a very lifelike imitation of water. Now inside, um, I can't remember if there's seven fish. I'll probably get to this very soon, but there's silver fish. And the silver fish are um, quote unquote swimming through these waves and each scale is handcrafted. These are beautiful fish. And when the swan is searching for the fish, it will dip its head into the waves of glass. And when she finds her prey, she swoops down and grabs the wriggling fish in, its, in her mouth. And the fish still keeps wriggling while it's in her mouth. Um, and then she quote unquote swallows it. If you remember the digestive duck, I think that was last week's episode. Um, she swallows the, the fish and then it comes right back out into the water again. Um, it's really an amazing piece of machinery. This is what's also really amazing about this. It still works. Um, well, it did until a, a month or so ago. But the last restoration that was really done on this was 40 years ago. So this is a tremendously well-made piece of machinery that traveled and exchanged hands. And it, it, it's tremendously well-made. It has three separate clockwork motors. So if you remember us discussing cam systems and clockwork, so there's the spokes of a circle. And the spokes of the circle will catch some other spokes of circles. And it will cause a chain reaction, which is what allows the swan to 
perk up, start looking around, preen its feathers. So each clockwork will add to another action. Um, it's really amazing when you consider there's no electricity involved, there's no battery involved. This is all clockwork and wind up. Um, there's some music that goes along with it and it activates steel hammers that strike out eight tinkling tunes. Another creates the illusion of the babbling brook and the darting fish. That's that water that we were discussing. Another creates the illusion of the babbling brook, darting fish. We just talked about that. Um, and these, there are seven fish. I was right. I'm so good with my memory these days. This is why it's taken me a while to get this episode out. I've um, had some health stuff, so please forgive, but this is just too good of an episode to miss. Uh, a series of camshafts and rollers and levers rotate twisted glass rods and the seven little fish that are attached swim in the same direction. Now, it is theorized that they did swim in a different direction also. It would be really interesting to see what this was originally supposed to be. Um, then uh, there was, when in the 18th century, there was four left. So I'm so sorry. It started with seven. It looks like there's only four left at the 19th. Now, a man named Bowes bought the swan in 1873 for about 318 pounds. Today, that's $32,000, basically. So this was a very expensive purchase that he put into his um, kind of house slash museum. That seems to be a thing. Uh, both Merlin and Cox had their own museums. And it's very interesting. You look at Cabinet of Curiosities, another thing we will cover another time. Um, here's what's changed though. Uh, we're recording this in 2020. Um, I'm recording this right now. It's the end of October. And uh, most of you know, we are in the middle of a pandemic. And this used to be something that would happen every two o'clock, they would call it feeding the swan. And there'd be crowds that would gather and watch this happen every day. During the pandemic, this didn't happen for a while. And when they tried to start the swan back up again, it was stuck. It didn't go. So it looks like they're going to have to do some major restoration. Um, hopefully the swan will be back up and running. The really good news is since this is such a modern thing that everyone's been enjoying, there's a lot of really good videos on YouTube where you can go and watch this if you are not able to see it. Um, hopefully it'll be restored very soon. Hopefully we'll all be able to go and um, see the world again soon. I am certainly sheltering in place. Um, so someday I'm hoping to be able to see this one in action, but you can, while we're waiting, go to YouTube and watch. Um, I'm now at my 10 minutes. Thank you so much for all of your patience and waiting. I do have some more episodes. We're going to be talking about um, the last stage of Automata. It's not as popular anymore um, as far as the entertainment value of automata now we're moving into really functional robots that are doing work for us and doing things we're going to get into kind of the last stage of the the grand age of the automata and slash robot thank you much so much for listening to i can't believe that happened i'm so sorry these are sporadic um please forgive and thank you for your patience make sure you hit subscribe share with friends and family i know a lot of us are um are doing our schoolwork in place in homes right now please feel free to share this with any groups that you are looking for something fun and diverting for 10 minutes have a wonderful week everyone hopefully i'll be back i might be doing these every month for a little while while i try to get a little bit healthier um Take care, everyone. Be kind and gentle with each other.